No more boring, all right? Nobody's going to be boring anymore. That's it, man. It's so cool. And I love that he says, I want to be on the path that leads to awesome. Because that's what we were made for. And you know, guys, I don't, I don't know, have any idea who wrote that or, or what their spiritual component is. But man, that is something that we believe so deeply here at K2 The Church. When you open up the Bible, one thing is very clear. That God has made you magnificently. Like the hum, every human being that you see is an unbelievable miracle. You are just, you are made to be awesome. There's no question. So, but God didn't just create us magnificently. The whole teaching of Christianity is then he recreates us fascinatingly. By the way, that's a word, fascinatingly. Did you guys know that? I stuck that in. I thought for sure I was going to get spell check, but uh, I think it's just hard to say. Um, but, but when, what he says, what the Bible teaches us is that when we're born, yes, you are magnificently made. But the Bible talks about this second birth, that there's a spiritual newness, that God recreates us. And that when he recreates us, we actually get created into what we were made for. And the Bible says we were created in the image of God to experience life in relationship with God. And I'm telling you, man, that's what we're, all, that's what we're here for. Because we have tasted this, we have seen this, we've experienced it, and we just want more of it. And we want as many people as possible to know that you can actually live this life with God. Now, when he talks about the road less traveled, I love that, you know, that was, that was good. So Jesus, you guys, was the road less traveled. The life that he lived was awesome. Man, you talk about nothing boring going on, just follow the life of Christ. And the first thing you see when Jesus came on the scene, well, well, actually, the first thing is his birth, which was supernatural in and of itself. But when he's a 30-year-old man and he shows up on the scene, the first thing that happens is he gets baptized. And John the Baptist said, no way, man, Jesus, you shouldn't be uh, I shouldn't baptize you. You should baptize me. And Jesus said, no, no, I have to be baptized. You know why, you guys? Because Jesus wanted to identify himself with us. As a real, living, human being, he was supernatural, obviously. But when he got baptized, here's what happened. It says that the very Spirit of God, people could see the Spirit of God come and rest upon him. And it was a moment where everybody would know that this was a man who was full of the Spirit of God. And in Luke 4.14, it says this. After he was baptized, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. This dude lived in such an amazing way because the Holy Spirit was fully empowering him that people had to talk about him. This, is, this guy lives in a way like nobody else lives. And that's what's amazing is then John the Baptist, he said this thing. He goes, well, listen, I'm going to baptize you. When he was prepping people, he goes, I'm going to baptize you with water. But there's somebody who's greater than me who's coming. And he is, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the same Spirit that empowered Jesus Christ that made everybody else have to talk about Him because this guy lives like nobody we know. Jesus Christ says, I'm going to give you the same Spirit. Look at this in John chapter 14. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you, and He will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him 
because he lives with you and he will be in you. See, this was the whole, this is the most beautiful thing that we get to share and celebrate and dive into every single week here at K2 The Church. That when you put your faith, and this is so great, you guys, because you don't have to work for this. You don't have to try to be religious enough for this. You don't have to try to be good enough. All God said was, if you will simply put your faith in me, then this, is, this transaction spiritually will take place. I will put my spirit inside of you. So last week, um, we looked how Paul wrote this, uh, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, writes this new young leader named Timothy. And he told Timothy, he said, Timothy, I can see that you have sincere faith. I can see it. And I know this faith actually lives in you. And so he said, man, this faith that has begun this journey now, this adventure as we call it with God, it's in you, man. So fan it into flame. Keep going. You've just started. Go for it. And then he goes on and he says this. And here's where we are. 2 Timothy 1. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. And then he says, because of that, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. So here's what we talk about, you guys. Last week was faith. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, the very spirit of God comes inside of you. But when you get this, we're going to talk about today. Because you have the Spirit of God inside of you, now he says you have something in you. You have a gift from that Spirit, and it's in you. It's in you. And that's what we're going to celebrate today, you guys. We're going to talk about how we can fan into flame a gift that God has given us. All right? So let's pray together, and then we'll jump in. Lord, thank you so much for every person who's here. Your great, great love for us is it's just awesome. I, I just love standing out in the parking lot and watching every car come in, every family, every single person, every, every soul that you love deeply, that you created magnificently sitting in, these, in this room right here right now. And God, we also know your promise to us is when we gather together in your name that you're here with us. You are with us right now. And I'm going to ask that you would speak really clearly to every heart and that you'd encourage us, God, just like we saw in that video, that we can be on the path to awesome. We can live a life that is supernatural. It's, it's what we're designed for, actually. We were created for that, God. We believe that here. We believe it because you've told us that. So, Lord, I'm praying today, would you ignite a fire within us so that we actually live the life that you've created us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the deal, man. Number one point today is if you receive, if you, and, and this is so cool, because can I just say, again, if you're visiting here, because we know we have a lot of people who just kind of come to K2 and they, they're checking things out. If that's you, this is really fun stuff for you to know what would happen if I actually put my faith in Christ. What would happen if I did that? What God is saying is he would put his very spirit, you would start an intimacy of a relationship with God with you. Now, for all of you who've done that, for those of you who put your faith in Christ, you have the spirit of God inside of you, number one point, You've got to believe this. You have a gift. You have a gift. And I love it. Do you guys remember last week, weren't Rachel and Jason awesome? Wasn't that fantastic to hear their story? And partly what Rachel told us was, when she was just sitting out there in the congregation, she said, I didn't think I had anything to offer. Remember that? 
I didn't think I had anything to offer. Are you kidding me? Rachel's only changing the whole culture of our church right now. <laughs> and she was sitting there just like you going, I don't know. I don't know if I got anything to offer. No, if you've received Christ, you, the Spirit of God is inside of you. And if he's inside of you, you have a gift. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I love Paul. He's just going, we got to get this down. Because this is a huge reality for you. And it's crucial for your life and for the life of the church. So he goes on in verse 4 and he says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord that we are serving. There are different ways that God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to who? Okay, take a sip of coffee real quick. Okay, I got it in there. Okay. Here we go. Let's try that again. A spiritual gift is given to? Sweet. Man, that coffee works quick. Every single person who has simply put their faith in Christ, a gift has been given to you. Why? As a means of helping the entire church. Now, we have in parentheses here, what I just read to you was the New Living Translation of the Bible. In the New International Version, it says, when you get a gift, it is for the common good. You have a gift that is actually really important to everyone in this room. Everyone, not to you. We're going to get to that later. So every one of you has received the Spirit, has a gift, and every one of you, man, this, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, can I hammer you guys today? Bam! Here's the deal. You are so freaking important. Every one of you in this room is so important. God, please help me to know how important you are today. I need you, man. And you need me, and we all need each other. All right? Now, let me explain this to you. We're going to do an illustration. We're going to sing a song together. Sure, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. <clears throat> we're going to sing together. All right? And now, uh, we're going to start off here. Uh, Mikey Moe. Everybody get up for Mikey Moran right back here. Sweet. Dude, you must be a rock star. That was good. That was good reception. Yeah, Awesome. It's really fun. Uh, Mike was actually part of our original team when we moved out here from, uh, from Michigan to start this church. And uh, Mike's our bass player. So Mike, let's do it. We're going to sing a song. Here we go. All right, you guys know the song? Don't know the song. Yeah, I didn't think so. So we need a little more help. So we got Mr. Matt Gott. Give her a Matt. Awesome. This is crazy. Man. What a band. Matt actually moved out here to help us start this thing too. And uh, so he's our drummer. So this helps a little bit more, right? We get a drum. All right. Now you know the song? You guys got this? Yeah, I don't either. So, all right, this is Mr. Nate Weaver. Give it up for Nate. We got all these original people out here. We don't make K2. Any better? Is this helping you a little bit? Okay. Still don't know for sure. So give it up for the dynamic duo. And Candace Kugler. Here we go.
cool. We'll get to more of that fun stuff later. Go ahead and have a seat. So here's what's crazy, you guys. So the bass player is actually really, really important to a band. And you don't even, maybe you don't even notice it until he's not there because then you just there's no depth to it. And then, obviously, if there's no drummer, right, you're all, you're all, we're all like trying to get the beat, you know? So you got to have a drummer who just kisses this thing and he fills it out. And then the rhythm gives it the guts to it. And yet all three of those people came out and we're all like, I don't even know, I don't even know what the song is. Every single one of them important, but we still don't know. And so, oh, yeah, I know this one. And then what happens? All of the people of God can finally sing. Because the band is all together. You know, I mean, it's just, so, so here's what, and here's what was crazy, is after the first service, Kyle told me, the guy, the, the guitar player here, Kyle told me this. He says, what none of you guys know is that when they're up there playing and singing, it's not until you sing that they don't feel like they're up there all by themselves. See, it's even, it's, for them, it's the whole thing that works. So it actually takes every single one of us. Every person up there is absolutely critical to make it work. You guys understand? You guys, now you get the picture? Okay. And that's what I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to hammer this thing. Sorry. You need to know today that every single one of you is as critical to the life of K2 the church as every band member was critical for us to even be able to sing. And there are so many things that God wants to do with K2 the church. But what he says is we can never reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ until every single part does its work. You are gifted very uniquely, very specifically, because God wants to do something in this community, unlike any other community. And so that's what we're talking about today. And so we got to figure this out, that we have a gift. So let me teach on this a little bit. If you have your, if you have your programs, and I spit on you, anybody have an umbrella for these poor people in the front? All right. So if, uh, if you have your if you're a note taker at all, and for this stuff, if you love to sit and think about things, grab a piece of paper and a pen. I'm going to tell you a lot of junk here for a second. It's good junk, but it's... All right. First off, what is a spiritual gift? What is this thing? The first thing you need to know is there's a difference between gifts and talents. Every human being, every human being is created naturally with talents. Everybody has natural talent. When you are born... You're born with a DNA that says, man, this is you, and God created you specifically, and he's given you natural things, and they're very important to who you are, and they're very important to the world. But that's different than spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are given at, I know this might sound kind of funky, at least it did for me for years. The spiritual gifts are given at the second birth. The natural birth gives you natural talents. The spiritual birth that happens when you put your faith in Christ, the other thing that happens is the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to you, and immediately that Spirit gives you spiritual gifts. Let me give you a definition. A, a spiritual gift is a special ability to build up the church, the community, and not yourself. It's making the church what it ought to be. And this is really important because natural abilities you use for yourself. You do, and that's fine. I mean, it's what you use to work. It's what you do to provide for your family. It's what you do to, there's lots of stuff for that. But spiritual gifts, you guys, are not given for you. 
When you receive the Spirit of God, there's a whole new thing He starts to do with inside of you. And you re realize, oh my gosh, I'm a part of something way bigger than myself. And when you use the spiritual gift that God has given you, it will always be for the common good, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Now, there's also a difference between spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. In the Bible, and I, I use this list a lot here at K2 because it's so awesome, but the Bible talks about spiritual fruit. That's the stuff that's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Isn't that a great list? Oh, yeah. I mean, every time I say that list, I'm like, yeah awesome to live like that. <laughs> Can I tell you something about spiritual fruit? Every one of you in this room, me included, every one of us, when we receive the Spirit of God, that's just how we're supposed to live. That's what He wants to create in every person. Isn't that cool to know that that's what He wants to do in you? The difference between spiritual fruit and spiritual gift, though, is not everybody gets all the spiritual gifts. Spiritual fruit, all of it, is for everybody. But spiritual gifts are for individual people. In fact, the Bible tells us no one person has all the spiritual gifts, except I think Jesus, because <laughs> Jesus was fully God. But what Jesus wants to do is say, now, because you're my body, the church is called the body of Christ, I'm going to give each one of you a part of who I am. The New International Version in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians says that it's the manifestation of the Spirit. Every person is given a manifestation of the Spirit, and every one of you is given a unique piece of it. So cool. All right? Now, can I just say one last thing about that? It is crucial to make sure that you don't get so caught up in spiritual gifts that you forget what's really important. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's writing about gifts, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, yeah, I better stop here for a second. Okay, let's do chapter 13. The greatest thing is love, by the way. It's really funny. He's like, spiritual gift, spiritual gift, spiritual gift. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I know people are going to start thinking they're really hot. So... Let's stop for a second and let's talk about love because that's what really matters. Chapter 13, chapter 14. All right, back to spiritual gifts. The character of the fruit of the Spirit is so crucial to make sure that the gift that you have is used in a way that's proper. So you guys following that? Okay. So that's what spiritual gifts are. There are lists for them. You guys can write these down. They're in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. I'll read those again. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. I, I, one guy, as I was studying this week, he kind of, this is really cool, he grouped them into three categories, though. There, there's lots of different gifts, but there's kind of three categories. One category is kind of the prophetic category. Now, that doesn't mean you can tell the future. But what prophetic, the real essence of what it means to be prophetic means that you are actually, <clears throat> excuse me, you are helping represent God to people. You're taking what is true about God and you're helping other people get it. Here's some of those gifts. It's the gift of evangelism or teaching or prophecy or speaking or knowledge. See, all those things God gives certain people so that he can say, hey, listen, I want people to know who I am and I'm going to use these gifts, reach these people. The second category is a priestly category. And a priestly category is the category of people who instead of taking from God to other people, they're the people who really minister to God's people and help them get to God. Okay? Here's that list. That would be like encouragement, the gift of helps, the gift of healing, the gift of being a pastor. Did you guys know there's a total difference between a pastor and a teacher? Uh, a pastor is someone who really is like a shepherd for sheep, cares for them. 
the gift of serving, the gift of sharing, the gift of mercy. See, all of those are God certain gifts that he gives to people like you to say, listen, I want you to care for the people within the congregation and then help them get to me. The first group is saying, I'm gonna, I want you to help get me to people. See the difference? The third category is the king category, which by the way, see Jesus was the prophet, the priest, and the king. Isn't that interesting? And then underneath him, he goes, I'm going to give all of you a taste of who I am. None of you are me, so I'm not going to give you all of them. But the king is the gift that's more like those that are the more corporate gifts. They're the, they're the gifts that God gives to certain people to, to lead the larger group. They're the gifts of wisdom and leadership. The gift of being a, an apostle, which is like a spiritual entrepreneur. It's the gift of the people who start things. And the gift of administration. <laughs> Please, God, give us me a lot of that. Because I, the gift, I don't have any of that. I don't have a bone of that in my body. But if, I can't lead without administration. So we need people who have that gift to make the dreams actually work. The gift of wisdom and the gift of faith. So there you go. Those are, those are just the ones that are in the Bible. And you can read those scriptures I gave to you so you can understand them more. Now let me tell you, there's two dangers that you've got to look out for with spiritual gifts. Okay? The first one is this. Some people have gift cop-out. Gift cop-out. What I mean by that is this. Almost every gift in there is some sort of action. It's something that we should do. And so what Christians will have a tendency to do is to say, well, man, I, so-and-so, that dude, they are so bold, and they just share Christ with everybody. That Don Morelli, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a guy at our church here in the beginning. That dude, you could, man, if you've ever sat on a plane by Don Morelli, you heard about Jesus. That's just how he was. He just, that, and, 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 and what can happen is, is since we go, well, thank God that God gave Dom the gift of evangelism because now I don't have to share my faith. You know what I'm saying? Here's mercy is another one. Like there is a spiritual gift of mercy and people are really gifted with that. And so then we go, thank God they have mercy because I don't have it. So does that mean you don't have to be merciful? <laughs> and just because you don't have the gift from God of evangelism, does that mean you should never share Christ with anybody? See what I'm saying? So you got to be careful of gift cop-out. <laughs> Where we can say, the things you don't like to do as a follower of Christ, you go, well, I don't have that gift. See, that's not, that's not how it works. So be careful of that one. Here's the other danger, and that is gift projection. Be careful of gift projection. And what that is, is you look at somebody like Dom or like Billy Graham, and, you, and they can make you feel so bad because you're like, my goodness, look at the, the, that amazing gift they have, and I'm nothing like that person. How many of you have ever felt that way with somebody? Okay, see, that's, that's not right, because what you're doing is you're saying, well, look at them, and how did they come, how did they get that? And they're like going, I don't know, because the Spirit of God determines who gets every gift. So don't look at somebody else who's got something great and saying, I, I, should, I should be like that, okay? That's gift projection. Be careful. Now, on the flip side of that one, is if there's something that you're really passionate about, and something that God has gifted you, and you're actually good at it, then what you got to be careful is don't think that everybody else should do it. How many of you ran into people like that before? The thing they care about is what you should care about, right? And the thing that they're good at, you, you should be involved in. You guys, the Bible makes it clear. Jesus didn't want everybody to be an eye. He goes, if everybody was an eye, then where would the sense of hearing be? So you're a unique person. God designed you that way. Don't project your passion and your gift and what you think is important, because it is important, but don't make everybody else be you. you. Guys got that? All right, two dangers. Gift, cop-out, and gift projection. Now, how do you discover your gift? How do you discover your gift? So let me just start. Here's, a, here's a, a very simple, maybe first step, 
is there's a couple websites up here. You can write these down. And you can just go to these websites, and just keep them up there for a while so people can write them down. And uh, there are spiritual gift tests. So you can actually take a test, and I, I, do these, I think these can be helpful. They can just bring some awareness to you of, of what it is that God has really created you to do. And so I, I encourage you, go ahead and hop online and do a couple of those. But let me just tell you, <clears throat> that's helpful. The only way that you will ever find what gift God gave you, the Spirit of God who's living inside of you and who he made you to be, there's only one way. You guys know what it is? What? You got to do it. You just got to do it. The only way, when people come and say, man, I just don't know it. The first thing you guys got to do is you just have to figure it out. Let me tell you, there are uh, ways um, that you can kind of discover this. The first th three things, just your ability. What are you good at? Look at that. Your ability. What are you good at? The second one is your affinity. What are you passionate about? I mean, because God gives us different abilities and he gives us different passions. And then the third one is the opportunity. And that is, what doors is God opening? What needs are there? And so you can say, well, I can do this, and I'm passionate about this, and the opportunity arises, go for it. Jump in, okay? So, but, but I, I, here's where I want to tell you. The place to start is just do something. The gifts are given to us to serve. Look at this verse. Again, it said, there are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord that we are serving. And so the, one of the things you guys, we, we have to understand and you have to be very careful about is sometimes if you lead and say, well, what am I really good at? Partly, can I just tell you, you don't really know yet. Seriously, you might be really good at stuff just outside of the church, but when you come in here, that you might think you know what you're good at, but if you only stay within that parameter, there may be things that God wants to do with you. And I've heard people say this. I had no idea. You're going to hear some of this actually later today. So, so don't lead with your ability because I bet you any money God has something greater than you've even thought of. Here's a second thing. Be careful about leading with your affinity because if you only do what you're passionate about, then what can happen is that can actually end up being just about you. This is what I like to do. You guys get that? See, and then all the, the next thing you know, it's not even an act of service anymore because you're really doing it for yourself. So the way that you can start and it will always be the best way for you to begin is just find the opportunity that exists and jump in. Jump in. Where is there a need? Because there aren't people. Why does 999 pop up on that screen all the time? Where is the need? What, what is it? What are the holes here at K2? Where simply we just need some people to jump in. Just start serving. And by the way, you guys, just the attitude of service, that's your character. You guys follow that? That's just your character. That's just part of the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So when his spirit, when the spirit of Christ is inside of you, he creates within you a desire. I just want to serve. And then here's what's awesome. As you serve, you know what's going to happen? People are going to go, that was awesome. They're going to go, they're going to affirm your gift. And that's how you discover what God has given you. Because why did he give it to you? For the benefit of the body. And so the body is going to be the one that goes, when you do that, man, I got... I felt God, or I was drawn closer, or I understood something, or I felt helped, or I felt loved. You guys, you guys following me here? And here's the other thing. You're going to try some things, and people are going to be like, yeah, yeah, don't do that ever again, all right? Because that didn't work, right? How many of you, I mean, we've all seen that, right? You got people, and they're serving in a place where it's like, that ain't good. 
And not only that, but you know what? People are serving in places where they're like, I hate this. And that's been the church where people are doing stuff they never were designed to do. So try something. Just start serving. And as you do, you'll discover what your gift is. All right? Now, can I just share one last thing about serving? There really are benefits to serving, you guys. There really are. Here's a few of them. You do knowledge. When you serve, you start to discover self, yourself, and who God made you to be. Another benefit is community. Some of you who just feel really lonely or disconnected, one of the greatest things you can do is just serve together. It's really awesome. And fulfillment. I'm telling you, we were created for this. And you're finding an emptiness in your heart or your soul or you're depressed or you're just, I'm telling you, fulfillment is a huge thing. But here's the paradox, you guys. If you serve to get those benefits, then it's really not service and you don't get any of the benefits. <laughs> Follow that one? Let me say it again in a different way. When you serve not to get your needs met, you get all sorts of needs met. But if you're serving to get your needs met, you're not serving, so you won't get any of your needs met. <laughs> That's just how it works. And you know why we serve, you guys? Why we serve is because Jesus Christ served us. Because he gave his life for us. And if he would give his life for me, I'm going to give my life for him. And how cool is it that he said, you know what my church is, you guys? The church is my body. When you serve the church, you serve me. Isn't that cool? He gave us a very tangible way to do that. You have a gift if the Spirit of God is inside of you. And this body right here needs you. We will never, ever experience the full measure of what God has for us until every part jumps in and does what they were made to do. And that includes you. So, you have a gift. Second one, your gift is for the common good. And I've been hitting this one, so I'm, not, I'm just going to touch on it. But last week, Rachel said this too. She, when she was sitting out there like you guys do, she just had this feeling. She goes, you know, I'm not really needed. You guys got it all together. You guys, do you remember her saying that? She's just sitting there and go, well, you guys, it looks like you guys got it going, so you don't really need me. Can I just tell you? Ask anybody who's serving if we have it all together. Are you kidding me? You know what's going on, actually? 20% of the people here at K2 The Church do everything for the rest of the 80. Okay? 20% are carrying all the weight of the 100%. And so when you say, man, you guys got to go on it. Everything's good. No, it's because there are people who are taking the gift and they're cranking it out and they're killing it here. But sometimes they are killing it. That's the problem. And so seriously, don't ever think, well, you guys are good, man. You got it down. No, we don't. Every week, our team is scrambling to try to find enough people to fill the slots so we can do the best that we can do to honor God here. Don't forget this. Because here's what happens, you guys. In our culture today, our culture is very consumeristic. It just is. We live in America. It's very consumeristic. And here's a consumer culture. A consumer culture is when you get your needs met at a cost that is beneficial to you. That's what a consumer culture is. I get my needs met at a cost that is beneficial to me. Okay? That is not the church. That ain't the church. When you receive, if you're a follower of Christ today, you've received the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is, I always put the needs of others ahead of my own. <laughs> that is beneficial to the community. Do you guys follow me here? So if the Spirit of God is inside of you, then the first thing that he starts to do is take your eyes, which were bent towards yourself, and he goes like this with them, and he starts saying, now love me and love everybody. And that's why I've said for eight years here, 
there's this American lie about church, and that is that you go to church. The Bible doesn't say anything about going to church. It says you are the church. And the gift that he's given you was not for yourself. There is a gift that the rest of this body needs from you, the unique, specific thing that you have. And until you use it, we will never experience all that God has for us. Do you guys want to be awesome? Yeah. You will never be as completely awesome as you can be by yourself. Do you hear me? You will never be as completely awesome as you can be by yourself. We are a community. We are a body. We are a team. We're a family. And as every single one of you takes what you have, the Spirit of God inside of you, and you start using what God has given you, oh, man, then it's going to get really, really good. And that's just how it works. By the way, this a cool little parable where Jesus said, I gave one guy one talent, I gave another guy two, and I gave another guy five. And the one guy who said, oh, man, I only got one, and so he just went like this with it. You know what Jesus did when, the, when he showed up? He's like, oh, you didn't do anything with what I gave you? Okay, then give it to me. I'm going to take it away from you, and I'm going to give it to the dude who has two. <laughs> or I'm going to give it to the dude who has five. Oh, I, I gave you two, and you actually used what I gave with you? You know what Jesus says is, dude, I'll give you two more. <laughs> Way to go. You, I gave you five, and you actually used them? You rock. I'm going to give you more. You guys, this is a spiritual reality of your life. You, I want to be awesome. We watch that little dude up there. We're like, oh, how cute. How awesome. Jesus says, the only way you're going to be awesome is you're going to take what I've given you, and you're going to use it for the common good. And if you do, I'll give you more. And you'll use that, and I'll give you more. You guys know what happens? You fan into flame the gift God's given you. That's my third point. I'm already on it. Forgot to put it up there. Fan into flame the gift. Stoke it. <laughs> and here's, here's what's killing me. I'm just gonna be, can I be as honest as I can as your pastor? Some of you, you are, you are believers in Christ. And the Spirit of God's inside of you. And you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, God, help me say this. I just... If you're not using your gift here at K2 The Church, you're not following Jesus. You're going to church. You're buying the lie. And he gave you something. And it's precious. And it's beautiful. And it's supernatural. And it's awesome. And if you would use it, that's just how you fan it into flame, you guys. The way you start to experience the fullness of what God has for you is you just simply put your hands up in the air and go, okay, God, I'm in. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I, I know, I know. Just do something. Just start serving. You can do that. And watch. People will start to affirm you, and you will start to feel alive, and you'll start to be fulfilled, and you'll start connecting, and you'll start going, this is great. I'm a part of something greater than myself. And it's for every single one of you in this room. You matter, every one of you. And that's how you fan your gift into flame. Now, here's the last thing I'll say. Not only do we fan our own gift into flame, others fan our gift into flame. Do you know how that all started? Paul said, hey, Timothy, I know you got faith, and because you have faith, don't forget to fan into flame the gift that is in you by the laying on of my hands. You know what he was saying was, hey, don't forget, Timothy, I'm the one who totally affirmed that gift inside of you in the first place. Isn't that cool? You guys, you guys, that's just how it works. This is something I'm trying to go, come on, Nelson, don't forget this. You guys, we have to have our eyes open to all of you beautiful, just, look, I mean, 
If you guys, I have the greatest view in the world, right, by the way, just looking at you guys. If we would have our eyes open to each other, we would start to experience when people do stuff. The only reason I'm on this stage, you guys, the only reason I'm doing this is because when I was in college majoring in education to teach, teach high school and coach football, my brother-in-law said, hey, do you ever think of youth ministry? And I'm like, are you kidding? No. And he goes, well, you know what? I think you could do that. Two weeks later, the head of the youth ministry department says, I, I have a guy who wants to come in and interview people for a youth ministry position. I gave him your name. Is that okay? I'm like, ah. I guess it'd be a good interview experience. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, I ain't in the ministry. But Bill and Les saw something in me that I didn't see. And they spoke it into my life. I'm 22 years old, I graduate, and I start doing ministry. I read two books on ministry. I had no idea what I was doing. God, have mercy on that church. <laughs> I'm there one month, and the pastor says, I'm 22 years old with no training. And he says, you know what? I want you to speak once a month every Sunday. Why? See, because Rod saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. We could be fanning people's gifts into flame with a word of encouragement, with a word of what we see, with a word of blessing, with a word of encouragement, with a word of challenge. Do this. Oh, man. I don't know about you guys. I got one stupid life down here. How about you? How many of you plan on living? I got one. And here's what's crazy. I'm living my life with you. That's it. And you're living your life with me. Is that that funny? Sorry. <laughs> no, here's what I'm saying. This is the group of people that God wants to uniquely use in this valley to reveal his glory, to minister to people who have no idea how loved they are by God, and for us to find strength and encouragement and life. And the only way we're going to have it is if you use your gift. Yeah. So I know that four of you can clap. I just just... I'm sorry, I got, I got really strong there. But please, please, please be who God made you to be. Please quit buying the lie that if you live for yourself, you're going to really live. Please believe that you're part of something greater. All of us are dependent on you. You guys, we, we find our place. When we finally put our faith in God, we find where we belong. And we finally feel home because we're connected to God. And then once you start using your gift, you finally find where you belong in this beautiful place called the church. And we would change the world we really would. So let me pray for us. God, would you take your word today and pierce our hearts? Would you just absolutely destroy the enemy's work in our life who lies to us about you, who lies to us about herself, who tells us we're worthless, who tells us we have nothing to offer, who tells us that if we would just get caught up in ourselves, think about yourself. It's just a lie and a lie and a lie. 
Thank you, Jesus, for coming to set us free from that. Would you set us free today? Would you help every person in this room know they mattered, that you created them magnificently, that you recreated us, you gave us our spirit, and when you did, you had something supernaturally important for every person in this room to do. And would you help us just take one step, God, one step of action to jump into the opportunity that's here through this local church so that we could bring you glory, so that we could help change the world, and so that all of us would finally actually live. God, take us on the path to awesome in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.